Welcome to the Dynasty Happy Hour Podcast. Pull up a chair and kick up your feet as you get ready to enjoy some of the industry's most entertaining and actionable Dynasty content on the planet. We're talking veterans, rookies, sleepers, and oh yeah, you know the crew has those dad jokes ready for you. So let's not wait any longer and bring on the host or some combination of Doug, James, and Tyler. Hello and welcome back to the Dynasty Happy Hour. The Triforce is back in the house. We've got the third side of the triangle back. Tyler, welcome back, buddy. I, you, I want you to first kick off this uh, episode. First of all, we're going to go over the AFC and NFC East today, so stay tuned for that. But first, Tyler attended a live, for the first time ever, live Scott Fishbowl draft in the beautiful city of Minneapolis. Tyler, tell me about your experience that you had today drafting your Scott Fishbowl team. I want to hear all about it. I have mine next Saturday, so next Sunday, I will share my tales of Scott Fishbowl. But for now, the stage is yours. It was fantastic. It was a great event. And, you know, Scott threw it, so he throws great events. His son was there doing the stickers, and he wanted to announce the pick. So our whole first round, we kept it secret. All of our first picks were secret. Nobody knew. He went up on to the front of the sticker board announced the pick it was super cool for him he was pumped about it and that that's what fantasy is all about like bringing the family into it and you know when my son or even my daughters get older and they get into it that'll be a fun thing to share and uh i made the comment because scott's son is very smart at fantasy already and he's the same age as my son and my son has no interest in fantasy football i told I Scott, there's one moment where Scott's son said something about the draft pick and just he didn't like it. And I looked at Scott and I said, This is the point where Anakin starts becoming evil. <laughs> and, and he just he's starting to become Anakin. He's so powerful and he just want he wants more power. Was that and him I, talking about your James Cook pick? No. Oh okay. no, it was not. Surprisingly not. But yeah, it, it was a very fun, a lot of a lot of great people. A lot of fun stuff, a lot of good stories. And I mean, there's a husband and wife team where I saw Mariota going the third round. Yeah, third round. And he just said, I think it's going to smash. And we're all making fun of him. And his wife wanted a picture saying, I need to get him on a t shirt saying, I'm better than my husband at fantasy football. So we're getting, I thought a she wanted to man. get like, I'm going to smash on a t shirt. <laughs> it was, it was great. <laughs> it was so much fun. We had That's cool. four, four lives four live drafts, uh, two separate times for them. I saw a bunch of people that uh, I've known and a bunch of people I haven't met. So that was fun. Yeah, I'm looking forward to the Boston draft on Saturday. My brother-in-law, Josh, will be there. I know a bunch of other people that are going to be there as well. But it's going to be really cool to meet new people. And that's one of the things like going to the Expo last year. Like you know people or you've potted with them, you've chatted with them, but you've never physically met them. So it's great to have that opportunity. That's pretty much what it was. Like a mini Expo. to put an actual like face to a name and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So that's awesome. So I, I'm pumped for that. How uh, about how long were you guys drafting for a couple hours? Uh, we took a break at round five. And, and he went to round we, 10, right? And yeah, we went to round 10. We're still at round 10. Uh, Brian Johnson of the Fantasy Football Weekly podcast up here in Minneapolis with Paul Charchian. He's been on the clock for four hours. And uh, right when he was on the clock, I went up to him. And I said, hey, by the way, you're on the clock. You should pick. And I just and I bugged him all the time. I said, I'm going to be that guy. And he yeah. still has a Tyler, pick, you're so. always that guy. You're I, imagine, goo over there. imagine it live. <laughs> We're doing it live. 
Well, that is awesome. I am uh, I am pumped for mine. James, how was your weekend? It was nice. Thank you. I uh, spent the weekend with the family. Just hung out around the house. Did some uh, dad stuff, you know. Did a lot of prep for this podcast. I mean, breaking down two divisions um, in a single hour. You're a saint with all the prep that you do. I did uh, not much. And uh, so we'll see where this goes. (laughs) Well, I I think, you know, the the money, the time invested is for the fans. It's not for me. Well, sure. it's, it's kind of for me a little bit because, you know, this is the part where I pr- start prepping for redraft. Yep. When I when I get these these deep dives into the divisions and I, I sit there and, and start contemplating what guys I want on my redraft rosters and what they're going to do on a, a seasonal basis. Therefore, I can transfer that into the dynasty market, whether or not I want to go after a player for a trade or players that are going to be looked at down the line in season to trade away. Absolutely. So this week we are brought to you once again by our friends, fantasy points. Justin, you just talked about redraft season coming up, right? People it's are here, really baby. starting. It's, it's Scott it is, Fishbowl. It is yeah. the second week of July, Scott Fishbowl. There's been some big name redraft pods that have finally come back after a couple months off. So tis the season draft guides are coming out. Um, so if you're looking for draft guides, you can find those out there as well from, you know, not only your magazines, I saw them in the store already, but you know, yep. your online draft guys, whether it's the footballers, it's JJ Zacharyson. There's a lot of different things out there, but I'm going to tell you that fantasy points is awesome. So I recommend them. You can use code DHH 22. You can get 10% off a fantasy points subscription. We all know 90% of the users made the playoffs the last two years. It's going to be the same way, if not better this year, the price is super low. You've got an analytic power draft tool. It's constantly updated. There's a DFS optimizer if you like to play DFS like I do during the season. I only do really two redraft leagues now, and the rest is just DFS um, that I play on underdog. Um, and we'll talk about them a little later. So, but yeah, definitely awesome things on Fantasy Points. So check them out, fantasypoints.com and DHH22 for that 10% off. And if you like what you're hearing right now, and if you want to see these beautiful faces every Sunday at 9 p.m. Eastern, Make sure you like and subscribe on YouTube. You can type in Dynasty Happy Hour. Hit that little bell. You'll get the alerts. I watch way too many YouTube videos with my son, uh, so I know all the lingo. Smash the like. Smash the like button and hit subscribe. 70% of the viewers right now are not subscribed. I don't know. That's not real. I watched a lot of Scott Fishbowl Potathon this weekend on YouTube on the big screen at the house. Nice. So I'm, I'm looking I was forward to watching this episode back catch it. on the big screen. Yeah. Great. By the way, great job, Sal. Once again, yeah. I mean, I know it was awesome. The other two weren't in it this year, but he had a ton yeah, of help. It's weird with no Kevin and it was, uh, no, was it Steve? Steve and Kevin They did yeah. show yeah. up. They did show up a little bit. I know they came in for a little bit. I did it live from Kevin's house last year. Yeah, drove no, to his like, house yeah, and brought him breakfast and hung out for like two hours. It was great. It was I was on it with uh, Matt Walsh and Chase. We talked about how short Chase is, of course. I watched he's, that. He's, he is a, he's a <laughs> short man. Tyler looked like the ginger version of the Hamburglar on uh, camera. I got I got told I look like Cam Newton. Uh, okay. I got, I got the get up. Get the get up on, man. Oh, Where's the, the glasses? That's, that's a Cam yeah. Newton-esque cat for sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, either that or like a or weird Macklemore. Bruno Mars, maybe. I don't know. That looks like a Macklemore. I only know that song because of Fortnite. Not it was lie. very entertaining, though. Uh, <laughs> All right, let's get into some. Least. Let's get into some news. We we do. This is the the deadest of dead. This oh season, man, it was right? so it's, tough putting this together. It's real quiet. <laughs> um, but we did have a big trade. 
Um, for all of you that have been holding on to Baker Mayfield on your dynasty rosters, congrats. He just got a little bit of value pumped back into him. The yeah. Carolina Panthers have acquired quarterback Baker Mayfield from the Browns in exchange for a conditional 2024 fifth round pick. And on top of that, Mayfield has agreed to a three and a half million dollar pay cut in the final year of his deal this coming season, while the Browns will absorb ten and a half million and the Panthers around five million. So he's a one year rental. Uh, I think better than Sam Darnold. Obviously, oh, yeah. Matt Coral, a lot of people took him in Superflex League, usually around the third, end of second, early third. He might be the guy of the future. Both Darnold and Mayfield are on one year deals. The Panthers are gonna say it's a QB competition between the two 2018 first round picks Tyler what's your take on Baker Mayfield to the Panthers I mean he's a starter he's a better quarterback than Darnold he yes. makes better choices and Matt Rule in college he had Gardner Minshew Gardner Minshew's play stylistic wise is very comparable to Baker Mayfield this is a great fit for his offense McAdoo's offense it's a really good fit McCaffrey and Baker's not scared to dump it off to the running back so McCaffrey's gonna get his Baker loves the tight end, so Najoku is going to get or not Najoku. Ooh, wow. old love, old love, old love. Tommy I'm Tremble, sorry. say Tommy, Tommy Tremble. Tremble, maybe yeah. Ian Thomas. Ian Thomas might, is just a blocker. That, that's he over. might just catch seven touchdowns with a hundred yards. <laughs> I mean, it, it could be gross. Maybe seventy yards. A Terrace Marshall will get some love. Robbie Anderson won't get any love, and DJ Moore skyrockets again. I mean, DJ Moore's price was falling because they didn't have a quarterback. It looked like. Yeah. And everybody's game fits him. DJ Moore really well, I think. Yeah, very well. So I love this for all parties. Their offensive line is revamped. That was the issue last year. Is their offensive line was terrible. Mm -hmm. They might have gotten one of the best left tackles in the past two years draft classes. Ike Equanco. Yeah. And if, I don't remember his name. If he pans out like we all all scouts think he will, mm -hmm. this is a solidified line right from the start. So Baker. I love his protection. And week one, they get Cleveland. You know what yes. Baker does? He's he's always revenge had game under, narrative. He's always got that underdog mentality, and sometimes got him in the when trouble. he's not home playing Halo for ten hours a day. But now, <laughs> Baker actually has the underdog mentality. Like people are sleeping on him now, so now he can actually play with that again and and relive those memories of when he was with Oklahoma and you know Cleveland when he was struggling a little bit. Yeah. So I love it. Um, I'll jump right in there and say, yeah, we see that he took a $3.5 million pay cut and it actually went towards, it was more incentive driven. And he turned around and he said, all right, I'll have an incentive contract. I'm ready to rock here. I think he has a chip on his shoulder. Everybody talking. <laughs> Hopefully it's the better shoulder. Um, Hopefully it's Doritos. Cool yeah. ranch. <laughs> cool ranch. <laughs> Maybe some spicy nacho. Yeah. And <laughs> Carolina cool ranch. I like that. Um, but no, he has a chip on his shoulder from all the junk people who are talking about in the offseason. He's ready to come in and rip it up. Uh, Sam Darnold, you're going to be a ghost. All right. Just simply. No, he's, he's already scared, seen him. Now he's, he's going to be scared one. of them. He's scared of ghosts. So he's scared of himself. He's scared of himself. He's, he's and like that's part of the problem. He's like, like a character no on Scooby-Doo. Zero confidence, that kid. Yeah. Um, but no, I think I agree with Tyler. It's It's Baker's job to to lose quick much. quick question for doug mm -hmm. since you haven't put your input super flex league what are you giving up picks wise in 2023 for baker mayfield if you were wanted uh, to go acquire him i think you know you could still acquire him on the cheap because he's only in carolina for a year and is you know outside of that like who's who knows i think you could probably acquire him for a probably a 
late second, I think, would get it done with a lot of people right now. Um, although, you realistically, you may have to give up a mid-second because he's a starting quarterback yeah. with upside. So that, I'd be comfortable giving up, giving up a late second for Baker, I think. I'd give I up still like him. I'd give mid, up mid. Mid-second's okay, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah, I mean it's a twenty. It's a twenty-three first. It could be mid, early, or late. So I'd just say I'd give up a second if I if I needed a quarterback, Fair. and I'm like I need a quarterback three with upside. Yeah, Baker's a perfect guy for that. Yeah, and it's funny all the teams that I have Baker on in super flex leagues or start two QB leagues is um I needed him to find a landing spot because I have one roster with Jalen Hurts, which is great, and Trey Lance. Still don't know if he's going to be the starter. So Baker getting getting a he's uh, fine a starting job is is really really nice. So let's yeah. move on. We've got a we've got a report from ESPN's Jenna Lane that lists Bucks running back Giovanni Bernard, a candidate to be released this preseason, which I don't think is too much of a surprise. He's a little long in the tooth. Uh, you know, we they have Leonard Fournette who looking a little beefy so far. Uh, so that's interesting. And they have Keyshawn street Vaughn beef. and and the street beef. And they also drafted Rashad White, who a lot of people like, and he was uh, pretty easily attainable in the the early to middle of your second rounds in your rookie drafts. James, is he the clear handcuff here to Leonard I, Fournette? I think so. He was able to handle a hefty workload in college, and I think it translates well to the Bucks scheme. I don't think the Bucks scheme changes that much, even though um, Arians is out. Uh, I think I think it, it pretty much stays the same. And, yeah, I mean, he's got a great – uh, my notes for for Rashad White, if I if I may, uh, were one thousand yards rushing, sixteen total touchdowns, breakaway ability, speed to finish at the end in the end zone, patient and elusive, all purpose back, subpar pass blocking. So this is gonna piss Tom Brady off just a little bit. So I don't think we see Rashad White off the rip. I think we see him later in the season if need be or a fill-in i think leonard fournette is going to get a full workload yeah I, i'm a little concerned with fournette's um just a little bit of injury history his there. durability yeah and, I mean, and here's course. the other thing about the bucks that no one's talking about that offensive line missing a lot of pieces that were there last year mm -hmm. that were that were really good you know they had ali marpet uh retire they lost another uh they lost another tackle they still have tristan Wirfs, obviously who's amazing but that line uh they lost alex kappa like that line is not as good as it was last year when it was opening up a lot of those holes for Fournette. So I think that's something that I know people are pumping up Fournette in redraft as like a top 10 RB, which I can see that because he's in an elite offense, but I don't know. It's interesting. I think Fournette is a very interesting case this year. And Rashad White, I think skill set, um, you know, if Fournette went down, like White's the kind of guy that could get the job and then like not give it back, possibly. Fair so, enough. Tyler, yeah. what do you think about that? I will save it for the NFC South when we get to it, because right, the closer okay. we get to preseason, the more we'll probably know about that, that backfield. Is, that is very true. So moving on to our last piece of news, the, the, the that's a lot of the what the Tacoma <laughs> News Tribune's Greg Bell says the Seahawks plan has been to roll with a Geno Smith versus Drew Locke quarterback battle in 2022. Oh. Yeah. All are, of a sudden. They just in, are they tanking? <laughs> like, what's going on here? And, yeah. And what do we do with DK Metcalf? Here's the oh, thing. Geno he's Smith, falling. Oh. Geno Smith with DK. I think DK had four touchdowns in the five games that Geno started. Four catches, though. Probably. <laughs> um, so I think DK is interesting. Like, I think it's a buy the dip moment for yeah. DK um, because he's, you know, one of the all world athletes at the position. And yes, he may have a quarterback downgrade. Can he still perform a thousand yards and eight touchdowns? Like, yeah, I think he can, 
but his ceiling is going to be capped with either Drew Locke or Geno Smith. And then maybe they make a move for Jimmy Garoppolo, but I'm hearing whispers that Tampa wants to trade for Jimmy Garoppolo and have him back up Brady and be the successor. How crazy would that be? Ugh. Ugh. I mean, yeah, James said it. Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> hey, Jimmy's whole, won 70% of his games. He's a the winner. Whole, the whole Jimmy Garoppolo he's just, thing he's, he's is just delay, like, though. let's just get it over with. <laughs> It's yeah, no, no, thank you, Jimmy G. Like he's fine, but he needs a good defense to back him up. If he doesn't have that defense, he's going like. If he, you're not wrong. If he had who could what defense could we put him with? If if say he was on the Jets, that dude would struggle. And the Jets have a decent defense. He would not be at seventy percent. Yeah, I mean, def- the defense definitely helps him for sure. Yeah, he's had good defenses and a good offensive goes. line in front of him. Yeah. Everywhere he went, he's had that. So DK so. Metcalf, what are we doing? Are, we, are, are you buying Buy. the dip? Or are you staying away? Buying. I mean, I'll buy the dip. Yeah. What Why kind not? of dip? Is this a, is this like a like a ranch queso. dip? Spicy Ooh. queso. It's like seven a, layers. How about a spinach artichoke dip? Always a always a crowd please. That's always good. Yeah. I think it's like a seven layer dip because you don't know where you're gonna finish. No, it thank you. Right now, I'll pass. What on about the seven a layer what dip. about a dill dip? I like a dill dip. It's good too. A good dill, dill dip. dip. What like a tzatziki sauce? I like just dill dip. Not you know not quite dill- tzatziki. They have dill pickle dip at Costco, and it's very good. Mm-hmm. I I hey, for any of you culinary wizards out there, you buy a, a a loaf of rye bread, like the circular one, and then you cut into it, and then you dump that dill dip, and then you slice up the pieces of bread that you cut out of it, and you use that. Oh, next level snacking right there. D- like Doug's a sourdough guy. bread bowl. Doug, yeah, yeah Doug's, the, Doug's the bread bowl guy. I bet he has pasta in a bread bowl. <laughs> Dude, I could eat bread all day long. I, I don't make even know how I lost 100 pounds. Parmesan crab spinach dip in a sourdough bread bowl. That sounds good. To die for. Absolutely delicious. Buffalo dip. I haven't had crab good. in a while. <laughs> Keep it shaking, I haven't had dip is. in a while. I like it. <laughs> all right. Let's move on. We talked a little bit about Trophy Smack earlier. Tyler was on the SFB um, Potathon with Matt from Trophy Smack. And of course, they are an excellent. Excellent sponsor this week. So head on over to Trophy Smack. Use code DHHRING. Whether you're, you know, you're going to get a football trophy or a belt, hockey, basketball, baseball, soccer, completely customizable. James has his belt with the chef on it. It's amazing. Um, They also have stuff for the losers of your league. You know, you need that toilet bowl. Maybe you need some fake poop on a trophy. You can get that done. And once again, that is code DHHRING for that free $60 ring at checkout. And... Go check out their live draft in LA. Go check out their factory because warehouse. You're you're literally going to look at headquarters. Everything. Yeah, headquarters. I heard there's a bowling alley, and a bowling alley, and and when you're shuffleboard looking, board and all yeah, kinds when you're looking at the video, check out all the trophies that are going to be around there, and just be like, ooh, I'll take that one, and then use our code and go get that trophy. That's all it is. It's you're you're window shopping when you're watching this. You're not really watching the draft. You're just window shopping you're for your for next the stuff trophy in the background. Yeah, hundred percent. Absolutely. All right. So let's move on to the NFC East. We're going to cover them first and then obviously move over to the AFC because there's no other East to talk about. So the NFC East. uh, So what I'll do is I'll give you the team. I'll give you some of their moves and then you guys can talk about it and I'll chime in. How's that sound? That sounds good. All right. I like that. It's been decided. All right. So NFC East. Let's start with the Dallas Cowboys. This is probably the most interesting team from a fantasy perspective, although Philadelphia is going to give them a run, right? Uh, so let's talk about the Cowboys, what their offseason looked like. They traded away Amari Cooper. 
So everyone has CeeDee Lamb is going to get a bajillion targets. Michael Gallup tore his ACL late in the season. They go ahead and draft Jalen Tolbert, who I like a lot, who I thought was a great value at the end of the second, early thirds in our rookie drafts. They signed James Washington as a free agent, former love of Tyler himself. Ezekiel Elliott says once again, he played with a knee injury during the season. And he's fit. And he's fit. Once again, tell me if you've heard this story before. Uh, Five years running. I have. Yeah, he still looks like an Ewok. I don't care. Um, Tony (laughs) Pollard is waiting in the wings for something for them to either incorporate him more in the offense or to be the man once Zeke goes down. They did sign Dalton Schultz to the um, the franchise tag, so he's going to be there this year. They're trying to work out a long-term deal with him, and they still have Dak Prescott at quarterback. So for me, like it's interesting because I think the offensive line is older, and you know we think Cowboys, and one of the things you think of over the last handful of years is a really stout offensive line. They drafted a guard slash tackle early in the first. They're early, trying well, to rebuild it a bit, yeah. but I think the offensive line is a little bit of a problem. And, you know, Dak is not as elusive as he used to be. I still think he's going to be a top eight fantasy quarterback. Yeah. I don't think that's a problem. But what do you guys think about this? these moves that the Cowboys made in the offseason? And is it going to be C.D. Lamb's year? I, it's hard not to kind of draw the conclusion that it should be. He's yeah. still, what, the wide receiver four or five and he's Dynasty three startups? he's three he's wide receiver startups. three in okay. startups on dlf um and he quietly led the team last year with 120 targets even with amari cooper there um yeah. i think they go up somewhere around the 150 ish range and with his completion percentage his yards per catch yada 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 i mean you're looking at around 1370 yards and maybe eight to nine touchdowns this season turns out to be like 283 fantasy points that would be wide receiver eight last year so i think wide receiver one is definitely in his wheelhouse whether or not he finishes on the top is yet to be seen uh you know things have to work out as a team now uh, as far as Gallup goes we know he's hurt they talking about sometime in september maybe week three maybe week four if he goes on the pup list you know what happens you know what happens to an injured horse that's all i'm saying to the glue factory. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I think I, I think wide receiver 48 is was his ceiling. Um, he's hit as high as wide receiver 22 in 2019 as the number two. I think he's total buy low right now, Michael Gallup, because when he comes back, James Washington, and sorry to say, Doug, I know he's your guy, Jalen Tolbert, I, I think these guys kind of disappear a little bit like we saw Cedric Wilson kind of disappear last year. Interesting. I, you know, I think CD lamb gets a bad rap. A lot of people look at him as a disappointment, but the kid had over a thousand yards again last year. Yeah. And, you know, I think everyone puts such lofty goals, especially the dynasty community on CD lamb that they want him to have like Justin Jefferson numbers, like 1500 yeah. yards and 12 touchdowns. It has to be that, or he's a bust. No, he's still super duper young. He's going into his third season. He had a thousand yards in his rookie season, didn't he? Or just like just about. No, he had a thousand. Yeah. So I mean, he could go into this year and, and have three straight thousand yard seasons, and and it won't make people happy unless he hits like fifteen hundred yards and ten touchdowns. I think he's unfairly compared to guys like Justin Jefferson and now Jamar Chase. Um, do I think he has that ceiling? I think potentially he does. He's a little bit more. Um, you know, he, he plays out of the slot a little bit more often. I just don't know if he has that, that ability to make those dynamic big splash plays that Jefferson and chase do. And I think that's what I want to see in that offense. And I think that's what everyone's kind of waiting for. So maybe this is the year because there's no Amari Cooper and 
you know, they're going to have to lean on Lamb a little bit more. So, um, so I like that. And, you know, Gallup, I like Gallup as a buy low too. He, I think Dak trusts him a lot and he makes plays along the sideline. Um, amazingly, his footwork is great. His hands are strong. I think now that Cooper's out of the picture and if Gallup returns at the beginning of the season, um, yeah, I like going to try and uh, acquire Gallup right now if you could. But what about Zeke? Oh, Zeke? I'm I'm opposite. Uh, give me all Tony Pollard. I think Tony Pollard is easily the best buy of this of this team. Yeah, I think I think with the the receiver group they have, they will utilize him as a receiver. They'll give him quick screens. They want to get him the ball because every time he touches the ball, it's either like a seventy yard touchdown. He or, does good things. Oh my god, he's so fun to watch. He's so good. He yep. reminds me of when Tevin Coleman was actually good with the Falcons with Shanahan, when Shanahan yeah, knew how to plays. use him. Yep. So I I love Tony Pollard. And if you can get him for like this year, if I could have gave up 202, 201 for Pollard, I would have done that every single day of the week. I love that type of move because, yeah, there's some weeks he may only get you eight points. There's, and if Zeke gets hurt, he's getting... Uh, he's so the like only he, guy. They're not going to trust RB, yeah. Rico Dowdle and whoever else they got there. Yeah, he's an RB1 if, if Zeke goes down. And that moment can happen. Zeke could just be this steady horse that just keeps going. But he you plays know what? hurt a lot. Yeah, yeah. Pollard, Pollard is definitely a huge it, lottery it'll, ticket. It'll be interesting if the offense struggles for whatever reason. And Pollard has that juice. If they have the onions to split the work more between Zeke and Pollard. Um, I know that like they're locked into Zeke's salary, but they got to do the best thing for the team, yep. and we'll see what happens. I think that's an interesting thing to keep an eye on. I'm on the Zeke side. I really am. I'm sorry. I I've been waiting for Pollard to to sorry? really take off. Oh, because I don't <laughs> agree sorry. with you, and when I don't agree with you, well, you know, I apologize. I mean, Zeke was still a top ten running back last yeah, year. Yeah, he, right? <laughs> he finishes running back seven last year. He's currently an ugly running back. RB twenty one on DLF. <laughs> yeah, but he, he was a running back seven. And and then you look at Tony Pollard running back 28 last year, and he's on DLF as running back 32 now. Would you I mean, give could him he... a 23 second for Zeke? I think that's like where his price I don't think is. You can. A 20, I don't think you can. This is the problem with Zeke. You can't sell him, and you probably don't yep. want to buy him. Um, if you have him, you're holding, and you're just riding him out until the wheels fall off. But for Pollard, I was never really a huge fan because he's stuck behind Zeke no matter what. And Zeke is like the cornerstone of that franchise due to money, due to due to potential that he has to, to Jerry, be all Jerry around. Jerry wants to win. Yeah, Jerry <laughs> wants to win. But if you look at it this way from a fantasy fantasy perspective, I mean, you have him between James Conner and CEH and James <sighs> Cook range on Dynasty Trade Calculator. Would you rather have James Conner and or and or James Cook or Tony Pollard. I'm taking James Cook out of all of them. 100%. But he's I'd a bona fide handcuff. Than, I'd rather have Pollard than Connor. Connor. Fair enough because of the injuries. Maybe uh, just upside. Give me okay. the give me the opportunity for the rise in value. Connor is stuck. He's he's cemented. That's what he is. He's not I mean, going he's up. Cemented he's not in going a up. situation where it's really, really yeah. Nice but I mean, up. he's cemented. His value won't go up. People won't trade a first for Connor but if Pollard goes off this year you could get a 23 first for Pollard yeah oh for sure all right let's move on to the Philadelphia Eagles made a lot of interesting moves here in the offseason uh Jalen Hurts solidified starter they didn't draft a quarterback like a lot of people oh, were speculating quarterback to an SFP Woo. yeah your quarterback to Jalen Hurts who had a top uh, top 10 QB season last year one of the most consistent performers at the QB position in fantasy last year uh you know wide receiver core was a little thin 
And that's not a dig at Devonta Smith, who had a good rookie season, you know, almost 900 yards in his rookie season. Isn't anything to sneeze about. The, the new standard has been set by guys like Jefferson and Chase. So people forget that, like, oh, almost 900 yards in a rookie season is really freaking good. And I think Devonta Smith is good. But they brought in some help in that passing game. And on draft night, they traded for A.J. Brown. They gave up a lot to get him. They brought him in. Supposedly, him and Jalen Hurts are best friends. They signed him to a long-term deal. So now A.J. Brown is in the fold to go along with Dallas Goddard and Devonta Smith and Zach Pascal, who they acquired, who's a fine wide receiver three. And then at running back, they didn't do much. So I thought that was interesting. You know, Miles Sanders on the, is on the last year of his rookie deal. Really hasn't lived up to the hype of following up Saquon Barkley at Penn State and testing really well. He's had some flashes of really good games, but he hasn't been able to put it together consistently. I think we all see the potential with Miles Sanders, but they seem to always have a timeshare. It's either Boston Scott or it's Kenny Gainwell or Jordan Howard. Um, you know, they didn't draft Corey any running Komet. backs. They signed Kennedy Brooks <laughs> as a as a UDFA who a lot of people like out of Oklahoma, um, which could be interesting. So, James, give me your take on the Eagles here. I think there's, with the passing game, it's going to be interesting because they were such a run-heavy team last year. I there's don't think two players that I switch. want on this team. Mm-hmm. It's Jalen Hurts and Dallas Goddard. I don't okay. think I want the running backs. I think uh, A.J. Brown's going to disappoint. Shot, yeah, A.J. Brown will definitely disappoint. I, I understand, you know, he was friends with Hurts. Hurts tried to recruit him to Alabama. I, I heard he was helped him out getting into Philly. He had a down year last year with only 13 games. He finishes wide receiver 32. Will he compete for targets with Smith and Goddard? Absolutely. Uh, but it's, it's, He's making a ton of money. It's mainly a run first offense. And even he though sees. Miles Sanders was very vocal about the way that they were doing things later on in the season where Miles Sanders lost touches to Jalen Hurts. And that's the reason why I'm off of Miles Sanders. He's two consecutive years of playing only 12 games. Can't stay on the field. Definitely lost opportunity when it hurts came no in. No touchdowns and, last year. Yeah. And I, that'll positively. I, regress, I guess though, if I was sure. going he to got five, he would have had a good year. If I wanted wise. a running back on this team, I think I would take a shot, a, a low shot on Gainwell. Uh, that he could go, he has a little bit more upside. You know, last year of Boston Scott in that offense, I think Gainwell could turn into the Naeem Hines type player um, in Sirianni's offense. And and that's all I'm taking a shot on. Miles Sanders, you've had your shot. I'm done waiting for you to take off or, or show out or whatever you want to call it. Tyler, what do you think about the Eagles? I love A.J. Brown. I think he's going to get targeted a ton. He was a low-volume pass catcher in Tennessee. I think he gets more in Philadelphia. Jalen Hurts and him have a connection. They paid him. Like the 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 ingredients are there for him to have a big season. It's just can Jalen Hurts progress as a passer? And I think he can. Uh offseason news, the the hype machine that is uh Gail, who does Eagles talk that I, I chat with, has said nothing but positive stuff about Hurts. And there's a lot of positivity coming. He's all in on working on his throwing and being better passer. He knows what he can do with his legs. He knows what he needs to do to be better quarterback for his team. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think Hertz is in for a big year. And do I, am I scared of him in Dynasty? Yes, Hertz, because of the Eagles' commitment. You know, they didn't really show commitment. They have all the picks next year to to move up if they want to. But in redraft, I'm all in on Hertz. I mean, he's going to have sure. an outstanding season. He's going to. He was only gonna... not a QB one like twice, I think. Yeah, all season. Yeah, he was consistent. Uh, I think uh, he yeah, was QB three from like weeks one through thirteen. 
Yeah. Yeah. And the thing is, like, for me, whose value do you think is higher, Fields or Hurts in Dynasty? Hurts. Hurts for sure right now. Yeah. Okay. I mean, their yeah. situation is the same. I was going to say, I almost feel like Fields might be higher, but I think you're probably Fields right. Is down to like QB 16, I think. Not that just, yeah, we'll get to that in the North because that screams by. Oh, for but, sure. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I, I actually love AJ Brown in this offense and it's him, Goddard. And I do think Sanders probably has some positive touchdown regression. I like Devontae Smith being the number two. Like, I think he could be dangerous in that offense. It's just going to be a matter of how, how, What's the mix going to be? Is it going to yep. be 60-40 run pass or is it going to be more 50-50? Like these are the things that we're going to kind of have to wait and see. You know, keep an eye on the preseason, training camp reports, things of that nature. But if they put all that investment in the passing game, Devonta Smith was a first-round pick. They paid for A.J. Brown in the passing game. So it, to me, it says they're going to mix it up a little bit more and not have to. I think they ran out of necessity because they were playing good defense and with Jalen Hurts' limitations in the passing game. And let's be honest, they didn't have anything outside of Smith and Goddard last year. Greg Ward and that John defense, Hightower. That defense is going to smash. Quez Watkins. He's all right. Yeah, the defense is going to be. Good. Um, <laughs> I mean, you get that defensive tackle from Georgia, who was supposed to be Jordan projected Davis. top. Yeah, I mean, and next then they steal uh, the Kobe Dean in the second round. Yeah, and then you got Cox again. So, oh, that's going to be scary. Yeah, it'll be good. All right, let's move on to James's team, the New York Giants. So the Giants. They're rolling again with Daniel Jones. They had a couple early picks in the draft. They did not go quarterback smartly because um, yeah. I don't think any quarterback they had a this, good draft. This draft uh, warranted that. But they bring back Daniel Jones. They obviously have Brian Dable as the head coach now, who was the OC for the new for the Buffalo Bills. And bringing him in is da- could Daniel Jones be a uh, ghetto version of Josh Allen? We don't know. But it's going to be interesting to see uh, Saquon Barkley coming back uh, healthy. For the first time, they've bolstered up that offensive line. They did draft our boy Wondale Robinson in the second round. A bit of a surprise pick in the NFL draft. Kadarius Tony had a really nice rookie season when he was on the field, and that's my biggest concern with Tony is health. Kenny Galladay comes back. They've got Darius Slayton, Sterling Shepard coming off an Achilles injury. So there's a lot of receiving potential on this team. You know, I have this weird feeling that Kenny Galladay is going to have a rebound season. And by rebound, I mean like eight touchdowns and 900 yards. I was yards. just about to say eight eight touchdowns is just a screaming stat. That when you look like- at the way this offense is laid out, Daniel Jones can throw a nice deep ball if he needs to. And that's where Kenny Galladay wins is those 50-50 yeah. balls. They don't have another receiver like him on the roster. They have uh, they have, with they have Wandale, <laughs> they have Kadarius, they have small jitterbug kind of guys, and then you have Sterling Shepard coming off an Achilles. I don't know what to expect. Darius Slayton might get cut off this team, and then at tight end, there's literally nothing. It's Jordan Akins, Ricky boy, Seals, no, my boy Daniel <laughs> Bellinger already running with the starters. Let's go! Yeah, man. My most rostered player, period, in MFL is any tight end with a half sleeve just screams good tight end, right? Max Williams. (laughs) Yeah. Max Williams, George Kittle. (laughs) Yep. It just happens. I Uh, mean, the real piece, the real breakdown on the Giants. Yeah. The real piece that I'm interested in, and, and, you know, Tyler alluded to it early, early in the offseason about Saquon Barkley. And I'm back on. They did bring in Brady. I didn't think I was going to do it, but I'm back on. Saquon Barkley one last time. It's his last year of his contract. He looks like he's in the best shape of his life. And I know it's insane to say because that man is right. We've read this story before, but I'm actually in on the talent. Um, He's RB8 right now in DLF. June ADP, he was 21 overall. His value has taken a dip. Mm -hmm. And it's a small buying window right now 
because I think he is the focal point of the offense regardless. Um, and he will his value could see a return to greatness if he performs that way. They beefed up the offensive line in this draft. I like they, their offensive line, by the they way. They had a killer a animal. draft, and I, I, I think that uh, it translates well for Saquon Barkley. I still believe in, in Kadarius Tony. I think Galladay is a, a field, the field stretcher that they need that Darius Slayton isn't. I just think they got off to the wrong on the wrong foot last year with Galladay being injured. Mm-hmm. Um, Shepard is a afterthought. Hate to be a pessimist, but yeah. Achilles. Um, yeah. I mean, give it to week five, the latest. Every I, and I did some research on this. Every season since 2017, he's gotten injured from uh, from the beginning to week five. That's it. Like, give it to week five, and he's injured. That that's yeah. Sterling Shepard. So I think one dolly, one dolly. Hey, I, I think he does get in depending on Shepard's durability this season or their lack of. And you could see him earn value later in the season, probably around week eight. You know, he's that fast, agile player, hard to catch in the open space. And I think he does make moves. They went out and spent draft capital on him for a reason. Yeah, Dable's creativity is what intrigues me most in this offense because I see pieces that they can move around and be creative with. Yeah. Um, I was listening to a podcast and I don't know remember who it was. But someone said that they could see Tony stepping into like a Stefan Diggs type of role. And I was mm-hmm. like, interesting. Okay. Like, yeah, I he think Tony is pretty well. Similar size, similar speed, similar. I think like, there's a lot of current dynasty buys on this roster. You talked about Saquon. We talked about Tony. Uh, Galladay, you can get Galladay as a freaking throw in and he could start for you in deeper leagues every week. I don't mind that at all. He's a late um, dart throw for Scott Fishbowl for me. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. Going like the 14th round. Yeah, so I think the Giants are one of the teams that could um, turn it around quickly under Dayball with the talent around them if everyone's healthy. So I wouldn't be surprised to see the Giants. I know James is going to like to hear this. Uh, win some more games this year. Yeah, well, um, I mean, if they win more than four that they, they did last year, you know, that'd be I say great. they win seven to Ooh, eight. I think that I think the over under is like five and a half. Oh, I would take the over. <laughs> I think I don't think the Giants are going to be that bad. Yeah, T- Thibodeau on defense is going to just hush the oh, hush the critics so he's i can't be, wait to finally watch he's been working with shanahan. martinez is coming back he'll be healthy like shanahan has been hyping up thibodeau like if you get that man's you know approval you're probably pretty good hmm. I, i'm just saying uh so yeah the giants all it is is all i gotta tell you saquon year two after the acl that's when everybody smashes so this yep. is his year. He's going to start trusting his knee, which every single running back has said year one after the injury. They don't really fully trust it. Year two is when you got that strength and you trust your knee again. And mm-hmm. Saquon, if he trusts his knee and he's just destroying people again. Yeah. He's got two bookend tackles to run behind. This is going to be great. Yeah. This is his season. All right. Let's move on to the Washington commanders. Uh, they made some moves in the off season as well. You know, their starting quarterback last year was Ryan Fitzpatrick. He retired. Taylor Henke back to the bench. They went out and traded for Carson Wentz, who Tyler's I, brother, who, who I, I got think, called that a couple times. I'm today. sure. <laughs> who I think played better than a lot of people think last year for Indy. I know he made some bonehead decisions that cost him games, but overall, though, I thought Carson Wentz wasn't that bad. Uh, Terry McLaurin signs a long-term extension, so he's there for the foreseeable future. Uh, you know, they go out and they draft a Jahan Dotson early in the first or mid middle of the first round when a lot My of people didn't, didn't see that coming. Uh, Curtis Samuel will hopefully return to health and be that like I've I love Curtis Samuel. I've 
I have him in a lot of it's leagues. Fun to watch. He is a fun player. He's still only 25 years old, by the you way. Really haven't seen him play though in two years, have you? Uh, it's you been a see, year. His highlights. His highlight video is five minutes long, and it's his full NFL game highlights. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but but a guy that can be used out of the out of the backfield. He was kind of like they used him. They used Debo Samuel. He learned from Curtis Samuel. Let's let's be honest, because Curtis Samuel had that role with Carolina, where he was taking handoffs out of the backfield. He was scoring touchdowns. He had it for I, Ohio State. Yeah, so I think Curtis Samuel, for me, is a guy that people have forgotten about when he had a successful season in 2020, then went to free agency, then signed with Washington, completely forgotten about. Um, You know, Washington, they have Logan Thomas coming back from an ACL injury. He's a little bit on the older side, um, so we'll see if he can come back healthy. And then at running back, right? This is where the big question is for Washington. Antonio Gibson, we want him to be the dude, but they're not using him in the passing game. They have J.D. McKissick. They re-signed him after Buffalo couldn't get him. They got James Cook, so they're better off anyway. Um, But J.D. McKissick is back. And then they go out and draft Brian Robinson from Alabama, who everyone is like, oh, that means Antonio Gibson's done. I just think Gibson, the hype around Antonio Gibson was too high to live up to. And, you know, this offensive line, too, they lost Brandon Sheriff in the offseason, which is huge. It's a massive loss to Jacksonville. So this line is a little suspect as well. But Antonio Gibson, lots of people off of him. This is going to be a very interesting team. You know, you got Diami Brown, uh, his second year, who could play a little bit too. I think there's a lot of interesting pieces on this team. I just don't know what to think of anyone besides Terry McLaurin. Because I think McLaurin is safe. McLaurin is safe. They 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 gave him the bag. He's going to stick around and he's for freaking quite good. some times. And he's, he's awesome. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, if, if you have Terry McLaurin on your dynasty rosters, congratulations. You know, he got that bag. You don't have to you worry hit on about that him. third round rookie pick. Let's you go. hit on that third round rookie <laughs> pick uh, or for some waivers. Uh, when people just don't know. <laughs> uh, anyway, but back <laughs> hey. to Antonio Gibson, I, I, I think the market has soured on him a little bit. A lot uh, because of Robinson and we all I think we all forget, you know, we, we say, oh, well, he was a third round rookie pick and, you know, all of a sudden, boom, he's supposed to be this off the charts running back. Who said that? Why? Because he, he was there for Ron Rivera and Ron Rivera said that he could be the next CMC. So automatically you say that name and his and his price skyrocketed. Mm-hmm. All right. But. For good reason. They I mean, don't he use was him RB like thirteen his rookie year, RB ten last year. He's still a low end RB one, and you got him for a third round pick. So if you have him on your team, great. Am I going out there and and buying? I if he's low right now, if I can get Antonio Gibson for a a high twenty twenty three second, yeah, I'll do that. I'm not going to pay a first for him though, and I don't think anybody would. Yeah, so it's too I, it's too scary. Yeah. It's a little scary, but I don't think the five-year senior out of Alabama who was a third-round pick this year is going to take the job away. I can see him getting some goal line snaps because of his size, 6'2", what is he, he's like 6'2", 220. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But I, I don't I don't see him taking that full role. I think they, they do it as a committee approach. Uh, J.D. McKissick may be actually be the safest guy in yeah. this backfield with the, with 60, the catching. 60, 70 passes. Yeah, exactly. cheap, he's the safest and cheapest. Safest and cheapest, yeah. So if you're a win now, J.D. McKissick, probably your target. Um, yeah, but as far as, oh, and just a key point on Logan Thomas, he could start out on the pup list. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like a wait and see kind of thing. Rookie John Cole Turner. Oh, Bates. Oh, oh. Bates. No, no, or John Cole Bates Turner. has been hurt. Has been hurt too. So listen to this, Cole Turner. Samus Reyes. 
receiving tight end that all he did in Nevada, he was hyper-targeted, back-to-back seasons, 600-plus yards, nine and ten touchdowns, respectively. He's slow. He did have a bad combine, but I think he could be a red zone target that you may want to pick up, and he could gain some value, and it could be a a quick buy-sell midseason. I like that. Tyler, what do you think about the commanders? I'm out. <laughs> Just quick fair. and simple. I, I'm, I'm out on Wentz. He's hurt me too much early on in his career. And with Gibson, I'm just out. Dots in my canola. You're going you're gonna to trust I a trust, man with I trust the Dotson. initials JD playing yes. for Washington. We've seen this. He's from Jersey. Jahan Dotson. I trust him. He was wide receiver. Josh Dotson. Oh my gosh. No, you hey, cannot. It's the do curse that. of the JD. He was probably one of the most pro ready wide receivers coming I, out of college. He's 30% be, target yeah. share. He 1,180 he's, yards. Come on, Tyler. If they get a new quarterback, he's going to be a great slot receiver. We didn't NFL. even talk about Sam Howell. I, he's been, he's been my value smash yeah, in every I mean, single league. That's buy, the value. Go buy Howell. That's all you get. That's what I'll say. Carson Wentz so is like leagues. a placeholder for when Sam Howell comes in. Carson I got Wentz. him in early thirds and super flexes, and I got him in like fifth round single QB. Like I'm like I'm cool. All with you that. all I hear from early Washington reports is uh, oh Carson Wentz makes a nice first down throw through an interception on third down. <laughs> like this is Carson Wentz. We we know this, but yet every Bad year decision like, went. Hey guys. This is the year things turn around. He becomes the MVP Carson. With no, that's can done. we can we yeah, say like his too. nickname would be like wrong way Wentz because he's always thrown it the wrong way. He went the wrong way. <laughs> he didn't throw it the wrong way a lot last year. I'm telling you, he wasn't. That- All right, let's move on to the AFC East, and we'll start with Buffalo. We'll start at the top, as much as it pains me to say, Super Bowl contenders, Super Bowl favorites, even after signing Von Miller in the offseason and drafting James Cook. That's what put them over the top. Not a, there, there was some changes on this team in the offseason. We still have Josh Allen, the QB1 in Superflex leagues most of the time is Josh Allen because of his consistency, his running ability, his overall awesomeness. He's only been um, quarterback one for the past two years. He's so yeah. fun to watch. Catch up. <laughs> he, the thing with Josh Allen, he's he's fun to watch. He's got a cannon of an arm, and he's just a fun guy. Like You hear all the reports. Very mushroom-esque. Who, he's a fun yeah, guy. How he is. And just how terrible Doug is with his joke. Just how fun Josh Allen is. <laughs> oh Yeah. So in the offseason, Emmanuel Sanders is gone. Cole Beasley is gone. Goodbye. We all saw what Gabriel... Gabriel Davis is the most hyped guy in this offense, right? Too we all hyped. saw what he did for, against the Chiefs in their Easy. crappy secondary. Cool. Dawson Knox returns. They sign OJ Howard. That doesn't bother me. I think OJ Howard is toast. Um, it's a depth signing, whatever orange juice toast. I see orange what you did juice. there. Yeah. Um, you, so receiving court, you still have Steph Diggs there who should repeat as a wide receiver one easily. I actually think he underperformed last year. Um, I think he comes back strong this year and, and could be in competition for that overall wide receiver one. You heard it here. I've heard think, it before. Yeah. Okay. I think Diggs could smash this year again and beat wide receiver one. So now it's going to be the how do the targets? Everyone's on Gabriel Davis. He's the he's where everyone is buying into. And uh, who else do they have there? They have Isaiah they, McKenzie and Jamison Crowder. And Jamison Crowder. I really like Isaiah McKenzie as a football and player. Shakir anyway. and Khalil yeah. Shakir from Khalil the draft. Shakir. So they have a lot of interesting pieces. Will the offense just run through Diggs, Davis, Crowder, and Knox? Maybe could Probably. one of those other guys step up? Cuts. Sure. Now in the backfield. 
we know Devin Singletary finished strong, helped people win leagues last year at, in the last five or six weeks and looked really, really good. He's the incumbent starter. Zach Moss, he's got Moss growing on him. He's not a thing. Sorry, not sorry. Ugh. And then they draft James Cook to be the pass catcher, Swiss Army knife in this offense, which honestly they didn't really have because Singletary and Moss doesn't fit that role. Breda didn't fit that role. James Cook will open up the creativity in this offense, I think. I know, Tyler, you are so absorbed in James Cook shares. It's ridiculous. You're swimming in them, literally. Um, Scrooge McDuck style. You've gone all in. You've <laughs> traded You've traded Travis Etienne for James Cook. You've tra- traded Brees Hall for James Cook. And there's been some picks in there, too. You have gone all in on James Cook. So you are a firm believer. And I like James Cook, too, but you are all in. So talk to me about Buffalo. Um, obviously, the ceiling is high because they play in a weaker division. And they have the tools to keep up and compete with anybody. And they have a good defense. It's just every piece of this offense. If you want to to succeed in fantasy, it has been shown you want successful offenses. Offenses that can move the ball, get first downs, and score touchdowns. That's Buffalo. And I I, I just don't get the disgruntled non-love for James Cook. You've got an elusive player who's a phenomenal pass catcher on a team that doesn't run the ball as much, but wants to use the running back as a pass catcher. They've shown that in the off season. They want to be more versatile, but yet people don't want James cook. I uh, it's, it's kind of mind blowing to me. Like every sign is there. It's almost like I'm on criminal minds and I see every clue. It's there. It's you know right. What's in interesting front of you. to me is that like when the chiefs drafted Hilaire, now I know yeah. it was the end of the first round. He was the pass catcher out of college elite offense. And he went one oh one, right yeah. ahead of Jonathan Taylor in a lot of leagues. You fools mm-hmm. couldn't have been me. And it wasn't, nope. um, but you look at the same situation, right? Like there's a starting running back in front of cook, but just like there was with Hilaire. Yeah. Pass catcher, elite offense, Everyone's drooling for Hilaire because of the situation. But when it comes to James Cook, people are like his college production. It wasn't there, but yet he had the most yards per target in college football. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I think all time. I, I can't I can't remember, uh, but maybe. I saw a stat yeah. where it was like, I mean, he also played in the backfield with uh, a lot of other NFL running backs. <laughs> and like, and Georgia has been known to spread, to spread the ball out. They don't want to give these guys major touches because they want them to succeed further on in their NFL career. We saw it with Swift. We saw it with Gurley. They split touches. Sony Michelle. Yep. So for, for me, Cook Tony, is Tony like Michelle. the obvious. White. I, I would not be shocked. It would shock me zero if Cook was the highest scoring rookie this year just because of the offense. Jeez! And he's going to get touches. I would not be shocked if he has 70 catches. He doesn't need to carry the ball. 150 times give him 100 carries and he's, he'll do just fine because if he gets those catches that's what matters in fantasy for me catches james, are worth more than rushes yes and for me james football. cook james cook just screams production and that's what i want and if i'm gonna have a rookie pick this is why i have so much of him. i actually heard him while watching film he was running down the field and he was screaming production it was like yeah <laughs> he's Production. You saw that too. See, that's why. That's amazing. why I took him. Spot and on analysis. Him, there. him, and Josh Allen have a connection already, uh, early on in camps. So it, it just seems like the the values there with James Cook. I took him in round seven of Scott Fishbowl because you know what? 
I want you to. Get your guy. Because if you wait I for your guy to. in Scott Fishball, you ain't getting him. Yeah, you're not, and <laughs> it's gonna suck because if you are way too smart. <laughs> if you're like me and you believe James Cook is gonna go off, it would suck for me to watch it happen on somebody else's team. So yeah, I'm not I, reaching for him. Though. I love James Cook. I love Gabe Davis. It's the same thing. I get he's a wide receiver too. I get his uh, reception perception wasn't great, but you know what? All he needs to do is run the routes that he's good at, and that's a nine route. And be open when Josh Allen scrambles. His first his first read is going to be Diggs. And Josh oh, Allen, if time. he has if he has to move out of the pocket, Gabe Davis is phenomenal at getting into an open space and getting open for Josh Allen down the field. That's what Gabe Davis is good at. And that's what he should be good at because that is what a number two receiver should be. That safety, like, oh, crap, my one's not open. I need to roll out. Oh, there's James Cook. Yeah, I think, he's one of the, I think he's one of the more interesting cases in all of fantasy this year because yeah, think, a lot of people are buying into this one huge game, and it's going to be interesting to see if... Wait, he had a huge game? I didn't know that. He did. I think he scored one, two, four. Four, four touchdowns four. against the awful wow. Chiefs secondary. This is the first yeah. time I'm hearing this. I have not heard this Breaking news. <laughs> that I, game I was boring to watch. Terrible game, so I'm, yeah. not, I'm, I'm not surprised okay. you missed it. I mean, if you give fantasy <laughs> points for what they did in the playoffs, great. But he didn't do that during the regular season. It right. took him a while to come along and actually fit into that role. We, we, see, this, heard him. we see this Sanders happen a lot. Like players end on high notes and they get overdrafted the next year. So Correct. this could be this could happen. With I, I think it's kind of like a sell high moment. I mean, yeah. he finished consecutively back to back 57 and 58 respectively. And I, I would sell some of my shares. I mean, at best, what's he going to be? A, a a high end wide receiver, wide receiver three? You can get someone to pay a late first. I bet I would I, pay I, late first. I easily. think his va- I think he's really? starting to hit his his ceiling for value he's before he gets onto old. the field. He's yeah, twenty three I mean, years great, old. He's still young, but he's his, still capped. He's his value is capped with digs there. I think he's but not he going to be more than a wide receiver one on, on this offense. He doesn't need to be the receiver right. one on this offense. He doesn't. Tyler, what do you say about Jonathan Taylor? You sell what? when he's high, right? But a, a, Gabriel a, a, Davis yeah, is high. How much higher is he going to get? So you see this apple and you see this candy bar. I'm going to compare the two. <laughs> it's an apple oh. candy bar. All right, let's move on to the Miami <sighs> Dolphins because they got a lot going on. They completely changed a lot of their offense in the offseason, making a big trade yeah, for Tyree Kill. Much. And, and at the time, <laughs> making him the most highest paid receiver in the league. That lasted for about three days. Um, but Tyree Kill joins the fold with Tua Tagovailoa, who isn't a make or break year. Let's be completely honest. They bring back Mike Gusecki on the franchise tag. They sign former Dallas Cowboy receiver Cedric Wilson. They trade Devontae Parker to their neighbors to the north, the New England Patriots. To the north. They have Jalen Waddle, who has had an outstanding rookie season, setting the rookie record for receptions in a season, breaking Anquan Bolden's longstanding record. At the running back position, you know, they uh, still got Miles Gaskin. They geez. bring in they bring in Tony Mattel, Sony Michelle. They bring in Raheem Mostert, favorite of the new head coach. And they signed Chase Edmonds, which no I think is the most three. interesting. I'm chasing the money there. Like no, Chase no Edmonds. No thanks to all I, three. I don't know what it is, but I have I'm chasing Edmonds. I, I drafted Chase Edmonds and Scott Fishbowl in round nine, and I was super I like pumped about it. Yeah. I mean, what do you think? McDaniels looks for in a running back. It's not big, brewing power. It's speed and it's elusiveness. Can you get to the edge? Yep. And Gaskins has elusiveness, doesn't have speed. Sony Michelle has neither. <laughs> and and I mean, what's the and Randy Mostert, Mostert is currently? Wait a minute, probably injured. Mostert has it, but the second we lay that sticker on the draft board, he's hurt. 
Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> uh, I feel so bad for him because he's so he's, he's so, so fun good. to watch. He's fast, and like he's electric. Chase, Chase Edmonds is everything Oogie, Oogie, McDaniels Oogie. wants. So why not trade a? If you're in a win now situation, trade a second round pick for Edmonds. If you still have your 2022, we just picks. got him in a deal, Tyler. Yeah, we got him as almost almost like a throw in pseudo but, kind of throw. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, and he still slept on Chase the money. No pun intended, but mm-hmm. he's the dude. What are we doing with Tua? Trading. Okay. Uh, his stock is up a little bit with the addition of Hill. Uh, How many first would you give up? One or a Tua? How about Nana? <laughs> Nana. Nana. Zero. Uh. Nana. Maybe a, maybe a high end second, uh, but I'm not giving up. Yeah, super flex. For a first. Tua. Yeah. Flex, it has to be. A it first. has to be a first. But you know what the problem is? He's a serviceable QB two for super flex. He's never hit that QB one type arc and i don't see it happening even though tyreek hill is in the offense i mean he barely supported waddle like that's who he supported now you're gonna say he's gonna support two wide receivers i don't mm-hmm. i don't think so i think waddle and hill they probably cancel each other's too, fantasy they cancel each other's fantasy value out which really kind of stinks and we don't know on a weekly basis who it's going to be if you want anybody in this offense it's kind of similar to what I said about the Eagles. It's it's the quarterback and it's the tight end because I know that Gasicki is going to get his. All right, Gisicki's he's had some goosies. He's had oh, some. He some yeah. Yeah. He's had some bad year. games. Yeah, but I think so, that's also because they ask him to do too much. Well, they line in the him up offense. in the slot. They don't even play. Haven't played so tight end. I want I want to bring this up. Last time on Dynasty Happy Hour in the AFC East, when we had a quarterback that was being soured on. They brought in a new receiver. We were laughing about it, saying it he's going to we were going to say we said he was going to overthrow Diggs. We were laughing. He's going to hit the hot dog that. cart. And you know what? This is very similar. It's almost very similar. So you know what? Tua quarterback one is going to happen. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't see it not happening. I, I think he can hit. The I mean, they gave him QB a. They gave him a, a, a franchise left tackle. They invested in the running back position. They bring in one of the best receivers in the game. A great coach. A, a great coach. Offensive coach. They bring back Gasicki. Like, there's no excuses for Tua this year. If he doesn't do it this year, he's done. Like, he's not going to be a Dolphins quarterback. So are you worth gambling a, a first-round pick on that? No. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> great. Split decision. <laughs> no. Honestly, if it's a cor- if it's a quarterback, yeah. Especially yeah. in an offense I see like the that upside with, with Tyreek. Sure. If I have to give up a 123 first, which low key, I'm not as all like, give me Bijan, Bijan, Bijan. <laughs> but, have a Bijan, <laughs> say. But other than that, like, there's a lot that could happen in this class. Bryce Young is short. Uh, CJ Stroud is Ohio State quarterback. And Ohio State quarterback. <laughs> so like this is this is gonna happen. This class is gonna go through some bumpy bumpy For stuff sure. next year. But if I have a guy who was very hyped, who has had a struggle a little bit, who's had some decent, decent quarterback two games in fantasy, I'm, I'll take the chance on Tua for 23 first because he's got the weapons. He's got the offensive coach. Why not? All right, let's move on to the New England Patriots, who also made some moves in the offseason. They traded, like I said earlier, for Devontae Parker, got him on the cheap. He's going to be their alpha outside receiver that they didn't really have on the roster because Nikhil Harry stinks. Um, but they bring back Nelson Aguilar and his big salary. Tight Jacoby Myers Harry. Jacoby Myers led the team in receptions last year with 80. He's under, back in the fold. Undervalued, Jacoby. 
Yeah. Um, they draft Tyquan Thornton, which was a shocker to everyone. You know, he's six foot two, 178 pounds soaking wet, but he's the, <laughs> like the fastest receiver in the draft. So really interesting to see how they're going to work him in. If they are at all in his first year reports are, he's going to, he's going to not really see the field and he's going to be the guy in 2023. That's what I'm hearing out here. We'll see where it goes at running back. They draft a couple. They drafted Pierre strong. They drafted Kevin Harris. James White is back, but he's got a hip injury. Maybe on the pup. Maybe not even make the team. He's on a very veteran minimum deal. And we have Damon, Damian Harris, who had a surprising season with, what, 14 touchdowns last year for the Pats. And it looked really, really good. He bided his time. 15. He's the, 15 touchdowns. 15. He's the starter. He's going into his free agent year. And Ramondre Stevenson just looms behind him. Both Ramondre of those is awesome. Yeah. I watch every Patriots game. And Ramondre Stevenson is the dude. Like He's Kareem Hunt. Like he's good cream hunt back when cream hunt was cream hunt. Damien Damien Harris contact balance for Stevenson and the power. He reminds me of Steven Jackson, but more agile. So Damien, Damien Harris too. Like that whole running game was fun. Damien Harris is a very undervalued and underrated running back. And, and it's just because he took a little bit to get going. And I, I love Patriots Patriots rookie running backs. They don't put them on the field. And that's why they did that with Ramondre. They put him on the field last year. Did he have a couple fumbles? Yes, but they went back to him. That was the important bill. Never does that. The two games that he got over 55% snap share. He was just straight fire. Oh, Ramondre is just straight fire. He was, he was a running back one that on your dynasty teams. You should have been scooping up Ramondre Stevenson after the draft, because when they drafted two running backs, that was the the window. And now that people have actually like looked at all the teams and they're like, Ooh, Ramondre is really good. His value is going up again. I even Um, think Pierre strong, low, low, I like Pierre low and by right now because you know he's not going to see the field. It's like the same situation he with Ramondre Stevenson. If James White isn't there, uh, James White's not going to be there. But Ramondre Stevenson is going to be the pass catching back. We already he's saw working that on it in camp. He solidified that role last year. He beat out JJ Taylor. JJ Taylor is an afterthought. Brandon Probably Bolden. won't even make the roster this year. You know, James White coming back in from from his injury. He probably won't be ready during camp either so i RB think he's coach, there as he's james a veteran white. yeah rb2 yeah. james white um but i i think he's more there as a veteran presence to help these younger running backs along in the process but i think pierre strong he's an insurance depth piece that you kind of want on the back end of your roster on your taxi spot um because first off you're right i don't like to roster more than one running back on the new england patriots because you don't know who's going to get but pierre strong he could be a potential bruiser man he mm-hmm. could get into the end zone. He had over a thousand yards in his final season with uh, where did he go? Jack Rabbits. South, South Dakota State. The Jack Rabbits. Yeah, yeah the Jack Rabbits. Uh, so I, I think I think Pierre Strong is a, a very intriguing piece. Yeah, and I want to talk for, a little bit about very the, cheap the tight ends too, price. because Hunter Henry had a really solid season last year. I think he's Mac Jones's, and we haven't even talked about Mac Jones. I think he's Mac Jones's security blanket. But I think that I know Johnu Smith came in, signed a big deal, disappointed last anymore, year. Man. I, I think Johnu, I think Johnu <laughs> bounces back. I think he's a, he's a really nice buy in tight end premium leagues. I think he bounces back. He's still young. We know the athleticism is there. Um, I think they want to use him more. But let's talk about Mac Jones a little bit. Let's skinny Mac, skinny Mac. He's not skinny Mac. His girlfriend took a picture and put it on Instagram. Hit Mac is looking room, jacked, bro. bro. Yeah, like, Jack weight room. Jack, Jack Mac. Mac. He's been throwing deep balls to Nelson Aguilar in practice. Like, I, I like Mac Jones. I, you know, he had almost four thousand yards as a rookie. Twenty touchdowns. 
He looked the part. I mean, he was a little bit more mobile than we thought it would be. But I think Mac Jones is like, he's a solid, he will forever be a solid QB two in super flex leagues for the next quarterback one upside for the next 15 years, because that's his game. He's accurate. He's smart. He reminds me, and I know this is cliche, but he reminds me a lot of Tom Brady when he was younger. He's that game manager. And if he takes the time and figures out the game, he can ascend uh, and make the step into being a consistent QB one, I think. Um, But I love Mac Jones. I think that he's a, if I were to take, who are you taking? Tua Tagovailoa or Mac Jones? And they're going around the same spot. Cubes I'm taking 15, Mac Jones. 17. I'm, I'm going to go with Tua there because of the weapons around him and the, the chance this that year? he actually is. Yeah, well, yeah. But I, here's the thing with the Patriots. We know they are going to run the ball. And they run the ball a lot. And yes, I agree with your optimism of, about Mac Jones stepping up and, and taking full reign of that offense. And if he doesn't, they have the run game to, how many, to rely how many passes on. passes did Mac throw last year? 400 and something? Three. <laughs> Three, Three in a game. One. No. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I get it, but it's still the fact the that defense, it's the Here's the thing. The defense isn't going to be that good. They're not going to be able to control it with the run this year. They're going to have so, to have Mac Jones pass more. So I would like to disagree. I think Tua is much higher than Mac Jones. So if we're going price-wise, I'm going to go Mac easily. Hundred percent, because I feel more comfortable. I think for his around future the same price. Dynasty, I don't think you can get Mac Jones for a second. Right Tua now. is higher. Tua has T- the Tua's got the buzz. He's yeah, got the buzz. He's got Mac the, Jones is the, the he's the boring solid guy. Like people aren't going to think he's a sexy pick, and that's where you can always bleed value from. So oh, I love Mac Jones. I have him. Yeah. a lot of so, shares. So last thing on Mac, uh, when I watch him play and he gets pumped, it's Tom Brady. Like just his attitude. And is the way he plays the game and his excitement and love for it, it it's Tom. And it's gross because they've got Tom Brady again. And it's like, well, oh. we'll see. TBD. We'll see. Yeah. TBD. Tom so Brady. Any other, any other thoughts on the Patriots? I think the wide receiver core is going to be interesting. Tom I think Brady, dude. It's gross. Ramondre is. Ke- we didn't even talk about Kendrick Bourne, who I like a lot. So I think he's for, the Tim Patrick of this uh, offense. James. So for me. For me, uh, Ramondre and Harris. I have them in UDPL. I'm more than happy with starting them both because I feel like Ramondre can get me ten points. Harris can get me two touchdowns. Like, yeah, I like. I'm fine starting them. I don't want any any of the receiving options on this team. I don't. I I mean, Jacoby Myers is probably the only one you could trust, Um, and that's about it. We already we've talked about the the target shares between Tyquan Thornton, Kendrick Bourne, Nelson Aguilar, Devontae Parker. I mean, if you're That's in a, a win-now situation. Little Jordan Humphrey. Yeah, I, I mean, come on. Like, take your pick, and then you throw Johnny Smith and Hunter Henry in the mix. Like, you never know where the ball is going to go. And, and that's how they want They it. don't throw that much. So, yeah. they're, they're going to – I'm telling hey. you, they're going to have to throw out the defense. Not great, Bob. So, that'll be interesting to keep an eye on. So, let's go to our – my least favorite team in the AFC East. Oh, gosh. As a Pats Talk. fan, I do not like the Jets. Although, they they're, they have a lot of players that I like in fantasy all of a sudden. So, I'm kind of like – I'm not going to root for them, but I'll root for their fantasy players. Is your so, mom's best friend available? Uh, no. Let me, let me hit her up. I got that. <laughs> no, I got that Zach. dog Zach in me. Wilson feeling. Zach Wilson. He's got Even that dog girlfriend. in him. Oh, man. Zach attack. All right, let's talk about the Jets, what they did this offseason. They have you Corey Davis. Re- Zach Wilson, what he did this offseason? <laughs> <laughs> I know what you did last summer. Um, they got Corey Davis returning. He's their big free agent signing from last year who played well at times and then got injured. Uh, Jamison Crowder is out of the picture. 
They, they have Elijah Moore returning, who is a top five wide receiver on that four or five week stretch and looked amazing. And it seems like everyone's freaking forgotten about him all of a sudden. So interesting one there. I, feel I like think wide receiver have... three from week seven to 13. Like, come on. Yeah, dude. He's I think he came out of that bye week that, like though. mad at the world. Uh, so they obviously spend the draft capital in Garrett Wilson, number 10 overall. They sign a couple of tight ends. They've got Tyler Conklin, who looks like he's beating out CJ Uzoma at the moment. And then they draft Sal's guy, Jeremy Ruckert, uh, in the draft as well for some for a depth piece, maybe some future pieces. And then at running back, I'm watching the draft, and I'm like, Michael Carter looks safe. They didn't draft him. And, I'm, and then they trade up, and I'm like, if they take Brees Hall here, I'm going to be so goddamn angry. And he's like, the New York Jets select Brees Hall running back. And I'm like, Doug's guy. FML. <laughs> but I think they can coexist. I think Brees Hall, uh, I think that was a good pick for the Jets. And I think having Michael Carter there, he's going to be the pass catching guy. But And I think he can handle the workload if he needed to as well. So I think Carter, he was a strong buy for me. And then they drafted Hall. And he's still a bit of a buy because his price went down. Yes. So I like Michael Carter quite a bit. And then Zach Wilson going into year two. The question is, all right, buddy, we've given you offensive line. (laughs) We've given you receiving options. We've given you a a running back who tests out of the, out of the, you know, we've given you your mom's best, your mom's best friend. We've given you all these things that we've given you the keys to the car. Now drive it and don't crash it into a tree. And yet he can't hit a pass in practice. Tyler. Are you scared of the Jets offense? Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I mean, like I said, I love, I love Wilson. He's, he's my favorite receiver in this class. I have a lot of shares of him, but man, watching the camp, early camps and Zach Wilson throw the ball. And when Garrett Wilson has to jump as high as he can behind him to get the ball. And they're like, wow, look at this catch by Garrett Wilson. Just and put all, Denzel Mims in. He's a little bit taller. And all you're thinking to yourself is, it doesn't need to be a fantastic catch because the quarterback should have just hit him in the numbers. It's scary. It doesn't look good. And you know what? This offseason stuff with him and his and his ex-girlfriend now who they were looking to be engaged and stuff, they were serious, and then him just saying, screw it, I'm going to forget about it for my mom's best friend or friend. I don't know if they're best friends. No, but- wasn't it his best friend's mom? No, his mom's his mom's friend, mom's best friend. So okay. it, when I hear that, it's like, what kind of guy are you? Like, I mean, Pat very Mahomes, open. Apparently, Pat Mahomes has yeah. the worst. Kind of like a pretty boy schmuck, eh? I mean, <laughs> I mean, Pat Pat Mahomes has the most annoying wife, but he stays with her and doesn't do anything because he's they just true, got married. He's a true. They've got two children. He's a true gentleman, and he knows. You know, his head's in the football game. He just wears noise-canceling bows all day. (laughs) (laughs) Patrick, the baby's crying. What? Yeah. And then the commercial kicks in. The commercial kicks in. Just squeezing ketchup, not listening. (laughs) Bows, noise-canceling for all reasons. To bring Uh, it back to the Jets, dude, I I think the Jets are like the opposite of all the other teams that we talked about in the AFC East as far as not wanting, I mean, you want the quarterback and the tight end. I want everything else except for the except quarterback, the quarterback and yeah. tight end. I feel the same uh, way. Because I think Brees Hall and Michael Carter can can coexist. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Michael Carter is like the 1B in that situation, but he could handle more. I think they cancel out each other a little bit, just like we saw Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams do it last year. Michael Carter played in a, in a similar 
role when he was in North Carolina with Javante Williams, mm-hmm. coincidentally. So I, I think they both exist. I think they kill each other's ceiling a little bit. The wide receivers, Elijah Moore, oh gosh, second year in the offense. He's, he already knows how to catch Zach Wilson's crappy passes. So I think a lot of beautiful ones. I think the familiarity with Wilson and White. Uh, I think it helps Elijah Moore and Garrett Wilson just needs to get on the same page. But Mike, what's better? Who's better? I think think they're both great. And I think they both can be great. And the fact that Garrett Wilson didn't impress in minicamp because Wilson sucks, I think he will break out at some point with more there regardless. So if if there's a small window that Garrett Wilson starts off the season like crap and there's a small buying window, I am all in on buying Garrett Wilson a little bit cheaper than where he started out in the offseason. And and there's Corey Davis there. Well, nope, nope, nope. I don't trust Baylor receivers ever, ever. I like again. Corey Davis, the, Jets, the Jets are a team that I would not be shocked get Aaron Rodgers. Corey in a Davis year or two. And the tight end situation, Uzama, he injured his knee last year. He missed OTAs. Go Tyler Conklin. Conklin and him have the same length of contract for almost the same money. And I think Conklin starts this year. I mean, he he's a he's a middling tight end Great too. First name, elite. Middling. Tyler Conklin or or the Con, 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 first Con. name. What's his first oh, name? Oh, Tyler. Tyler. Yeah. <laughs> Tyler's cousin. Tyler Conklin. Can we yep. get Denzel Mims traded to the Falcons too? So his value uh, is worth something. <laughs> How about Mims to the Patriots because they like Baylor receivers? Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I like Mims tape too. We got Kansas. City I, I, I like Dan, I, I like Denzel Mims, but he just Mims. didn't translate. He doesn't have the juice that they need. And I guess Baylor, they just, they just, you know, they throw it to one receiver, juice. have he a bunch of contested catches. No, he didn't have the juice. He couldn't put up against all the other receivers there. Who was it? Jameson Crowder and Corey Davis. Braxton Berrios, bro. Braxton Berrios burned him. Denzel Rex Mims could not get on the Patriots. same page. He could not. He used to be. He could not run the routes that were in the playbook. That's the problem with Denzel Mims. And when he finally did, there was no quarterback to throw him the ball. James yeah. White kind of made him a little bit relevant, and then Denzel he fell Mims, off again. Denzel Mims makes me. Sick. Yeah, I, I, it's a shame. I spent a draft pick on Denzel Mims when I could have had. It's Justin sad, Jefferson. but you know what? That happens. But yes, I agree with the whole Garrett Wilson. There's going to be a buying window. There yeah. will be an elite talent like that will rise to the top. They're, if, if their quarterback situation doesn't pan out this year, they will change it because that team is good. They've got lots yeah. of players. And you know what you do when you're when you have a team full of Denzel Mims and your season is over and you're just done. You go on to Underdog and you download the app. You use code DHH and they'll match up to $100. So you can stop looking at your depressing teams and then you're fresh every single week. You can go on there, play DFS do rookies and sophomore drafts. You can play baseball on there if you want as well, if that's your thing. But in season, go to Underdog. The most up-and-coming product in the fantasy industry right now is Underdog Fantasy. It's absolutely amazing. Great podcast network with Underdog too, so check that out um, if you're into DFS. Lots of cool things going on in there. Best Ball Mania is going on now as well. You can win like number first place $3 million, so you can make 10 times more than what Denzel Mims makes this year and then brag about it. <laughs> If you want to, uh, it's absolutely elite. So make sure you check out Underdog. And while you're doing that, and you're on the old internet, check out Dynasty Nerds. Go on to Dynasty on the line Nerds. on the when you're on the line. Go to DynastyNerds.com. Sign up for the Nerd Herd. Use code DHH for fifteen percent off of any subscription. 
You got trade tools, extra nerd herd episode, prospect film room, prospect scores, and the dynasty GM on there as well. And if you're still looking for, you know, it, it's it's hot guy summer. So go check out Varian Global. Type in Dynasty Happy Hour if you're looking for some new threads. Um, if you're looking for Scott Fishbowl gear as well, I'm going to pump that up as well. You can go on to RotoWare. There was a pre-order for the Scott Fishbowl 12 shirts. They'll be back on there. So just keep an eye. Uh, I got then, mine. I, yeah. I'm I'm saving for it. I'm saving it for tomorrow. I'm going to wear it at work. Nice. Tyler's modeling it right now. Yeah. Like that. It's all city theme this year. So there's some cool designs on there as well. And then if you follow John Bosch on Twitter, uh, he has a link to designs. a bunch of like the different city designs too. Which Shop are really, Etsy.com, really cool. I believe. The, yes. The plug is, yes. Uh, yeah. And I'm sure if you type in Scott Fishbowl or SFB, you'll be able to I find love those. It. They, all they those great. proceeds go to Toys for Tots on that website, which is absolutely amazing. I'm hoping that Scott raises well over $100,000 this year with Scott Fishbowl. Um, you know, I'm pro, like we need to get some players involved. Like they make all the money. Like we hit them up. They, you know, they give back. Like, well, I heard the Buffalo live draft. They have a uh, Thurman Thomas showing up. Yes. Really? That's Thurman cool. Thomas. And they have the, the Thurman Thomas foundation being like, uh, for a, a do charity. you guys, do you guys remember the basketball player Hayward that played for the Mavericks? No. Wore a bandana, big center guy that could shoot Haywood? Maybe. Was it Haywood? I think it was Haywood. Might be Haywood. Haywood. Yeah. So Hayward, he, Connor Hayward is the uh, tight he, end for the show. He reached out to Scott and wanted to play, but he reached out too late. So we're getting uh-huh. players from other sports as well. Shane Battier is in Scott, yep. Scott Fishbowl. Yeah. Yep. Some actors. Yep. Uh, what's his name from? Guy from Sight. That, that thing you do was in there too. He's a friend Tom, of Christopher Harris. Tim, Tom. Tom. Yeah. Tom, yeah. yeah. So I mean, Scott Fishbowl, it's getting bigger and bigger every year. Shout out to those 3, guys. 3,000 leagues. This year. Was it 3,000? Yeah, I think it's 3,000 people. Shout out to Scott, Ryan, John, everyone else that helps out with Scott Fishbowl. With these live drafts are a lot of organization to get done. Lots of moving parts to get that many people in the same space is really difficult. Um, So I just want to say thank you to all those that are involved with Scott Fishbowl this year. And I'm glad that Scott finally reached out and got help in the last couple of years because this would be way too much work for one person. Right. Uh, so it's pretty awesome that that Scott and the team has been able to put this together to get these live drafts finally going on. Um, because so let's be fun. honest, the funnest part of any draft is doing it live while you're, you know, you're in the room with your friends, people that you just met that you may be known for a while. Um, so it's a great experience. I'll, uh, I'll report uh, next week on how my experience was in Beantown. I'm sure it's going to be awesome. So until then, make sure you check out all our awesome sponsors. We've got Fantasy Points, Trophy Smack, Underdog, as well as Dynasty Nerds. And if you're looking for some threads for Dean Global, check out Rotoware and Shop.etsy for your Scott Fishbowl apparel. We'll see you next week on the Dynasty Happy Hour.